This is Enter VR, the podcast on all things virtual reality. I'm Chris Miranda, your host. And today I'm speaking with Dr. Faye, uh, UFA, I believe. Uh, you are the founder and CEO of uh, Impression Pie. Um, and I'd like to welcome you on the show. Uh, welcome, Dr. Faye. <laughs> oh, thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, it's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me to Enter VR podcast. Awesome. Okay, so um, let's get it. Uh, let's get let's let's get let's get this on. What is Impression Pie? Uh, uh, the core, uh, the vision of Impression Pie is a computer vision module that uh, can improve the current VR headset into a VR AR capable and the interactive wireless headset. How is, uh, how is this being achieved? Uh, and uh, our core development or uh, our core focus is uh, computer vision hardware and software uh, that can sense natural hand gestures, 3D hand motions without any accessory or gloves. Uh, plus, the same module can also do augmented reality in 3D, so give user a holographic view of the outside and digital information. So it transforms the current uh, VR headset into something can do immersive AR as well. And it, so it's a mixed uh, reality device. Very... This whole system is also mobile-based, mm. so it can change or say empower our mobile phone into a very powerful uh, VR device. We believe that the next generation VR device should be uh, mobile with hand tracking uh, capability and also AR capabilities. Yeah, that sounds extremely exciting. So so let me see if I can get this properly. I, in the future, I will buy an impression pie and then I will slide my smartphone inside this impression pie and the impression pie will allow me to have virtual reality experiences um, in the smartphone, but I'll also be able to have augmented reality experiences because impression pie will have uh, stereoscopic pass-through cameras embedded in it. Is that correct? Uh, yes, that's correct. Uh, and since user may have different cell phones, like screen resolution, different specs, we also have a um, version that already has a smartphone system built in, so we can guarantee uh, the specs of the screen and the processors. Wow, okay, so you'll have two versions. One will be you know, more of the smartphone adapter with the augmented reality in it, and the other one will have the all-in-one solution, so you don't have to buy a smartphone. Um, can you right, talk for the yeah. yeah users who may not have a high-end smartphone or uh, they just want one extra device, right? They don't want to uh, messing with their smartphone. That's really cool. How how are you going to you know? So for so I'm I'm thinking about the augmented reality, getting the pass-through camera. You know, is there any challenge in terms of getting compatibility between all the different smartphones available out there? Um, will every smartphone work with Impression Pie, and, and and will it also have you know that that augmented? You know, how do you hack that augmented reality capability into into a smartphone? Mm -hmm. uh, the main challenge of augmented reality, a uh, path see through augmented reality, is the resolution and the latency. Uh, because huge amount of data need to go in uh, some way. Uh, so for iOS and uh, Android devices, um, they all they both have high speed uh, data port. Uh, like for Android, um, most of the latest Android devices have OTG capability. Uh, 
So allow, allow, allow it to get data or control uh, another USB device. Hmm. And we do some, have some special hardware and uh, compression algorithms to uh, fitting the high resolution uh, video data through the USB port. Really cool. How are, now let's talk about input because you have a, a hand tracking solution also incorporated incorporated in the device. You know what is um you know can you talk a bit more about how this how this works and, and what it is? So in the core vision module, we call it the core uh, vision module. It is uh, hardware for sensing uh, the outside has both RGB and IR capabilities. It also has structured light capability take depth information. And also uh, there is the on the board processor. Uh, we have algorithms running on the board instead of running on the cell phone. So the cell phone can fully dedicate it to uh, games, to graphics. And the core more, uh, vision module will do all the calculation and only send the hand recognition data back to the phone. And is that a is that processor is that a processor intensive? Um, and 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 you said the core vision module is doing that processing. Yes, uh, right now the three D freehand tracking algorithm is still uh, pretty intensive. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why we add a dedicated processor to do all the calculation. Mm -hmm. um, we, we can guarantee uh, higher than 60 frames per second uh, hand tracking frame rate. And that's because you have these uh, algorithms doing all the work in the, in, in the background, right? 60, mm -hmm. 60 frames per second, that's, that's, that's pretty good. Um, so you have a really compelling device here where you'll have mobile, mobile virtual reality along with augmented reality and it has input already incorporated through hand tracking. Um, you know, am I missing anything else? What this is uh, this is a lot already. You know, you got companies um, with billion dollar budgets that are doing just one thing at a time. Your your Magic Leap, your your Oculus, your your Valve, um, and you guys are doing you know an all in one solution sort of. You know, can you talk to t tell me why? First of all, why you're going for this all-in-one solution, and 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 you know, t tell me a, a bit more about your challenges. I think we are um, compared to other companies, we are also focused. Uh, say we are mainly focusing on the vision hardware and the software part, and our headset is a reference design showing people if you want to have these kind of capabilities to do uh, VR, mobile VR headset. Uh, this is just a reference of how it can look like. Um, how can it be uh, still adorable uh, to the general public uh, as well as packing all the capabilities. So our core uh, focus is still the uh, hardware and the software algorithms. And we hope to license this technology to other companies. And the headset is just a reference design. Um, say, compared to companies like uh, Oculus Rift um, or uh, Samsung, uh, big companies, they do the full uh, chain, mm -hmm. or say they, they do the whole full ecosystem and the full system, mm -hmm. full hardware and software systems. Uh, 
I'll say for VR headsets, it can be divided into three parts. The hardware and whole algorithm can be divided into three parts. Mm -hmm. One part is the optical and the display part. Uh, another part is the tracking, like uh, the hand, head position tracking, head rotation tracking. That involves MEMS and uh, computer vision uh, cameras. And the third part is the industrial design, how to make it comfortable. Um, so big companies, they invest, they need to focus on both, uh, all of those areas to make a complete product. And for us, we are more like a super uh, Google Cardboard. Mm -hmm. and we hope, we want to compatible with all the existing VR applications. We don't provide VR SDKs. People need to learn another SDK, you know, just uh, use their existing knowledge and we also compatible with the existing applications. So what we add is a very thin layer of uh, mobile head, uh, hand tracking, head position tracking and AR to enhance those existing applications. Yeah, it's, uh, it's interesting. You talked about head tracking. I want to talk about, uh, let's talk about head tracking, but before we do, Let's let's put that on the, on the list of things to talk about. I want to talk about field of view first, um, because Microsoft Hololens uh, was debuting, I think, last week, um, not too long ago, and they uh, their their demos look really good. Um, but there was an article on The Verge where the field of view is probably it's Achilles heel at this point. Um, I think if I'm not mistaken, I probably am the field of view is somewhere around 40 degrees, um, for this augmented reality experience, you know, your augmented reality, uh, platform, you know, what is the field of view going to be? Um, and, and, you know, how, how are you going, how do you get wider fields of view with augmented reality experiences? Uh, for a system like impression pie, it is video see-through. So the, a field of view is as wide as the virtual reality field of view. Uh, so for uh, when playing with the optics, the field of view of virtual reality can go from 90 to 100 or 110. So can be as large as the human eyes, a physical field of view, very immersive. Um, so when, so for system like us, there's really no limitation on field of view. And the reason, main, the main reason is because we are rendering the virtual uh, objects using the virtual reality headset. And we also reproject the outside reality view also into the same virtual reality headset. So we don't have a limitation on field of view. Very cool. So, so positional head tracking, you know, how are you getting how are you able to get positional head tracking on a mobile device? Whereas Samsung Gear has been out for a little while now, and every time I ask them whether you know what they're working on in terms of positional tracking, they sort of they're like, uh, "Let's leave that question for later." So, so you're solving that, and what are you doing to do that? Mm -hmm. uh, so, in principle, it is inside out position tracking using the camera system we have using the same computer vision board with uh, sensors, um, with uh, CPU and the GPU to do the calculation. 
And this is also a working progress for us. Uh, we already have the video demo video out. Um, so that's a real live video uh, looking through the first person viewing angle, right goes through the glass. Uh, you can see in the holographic AR mode, the precision tracking works well. Also in the um, fully immersive uh, VR mode, it also works pretty uh, well. Uh, but we are still improving it because to make it work in any condition, um, that's still uh, some quite some challenge. But we will uh, we still have time to do that. What are the what are the, what's the challenge for positional tracking on a, on a, on mobile devices? What is it that what's the that what's that mountain that needs to be climbed? I think mainly there are uh, two challenges. Uh, one challenge is the hardware. To have uh, very good position tracking, uh, only one camera, uh, one RGB camera will not be enough, <coughs> especially if the environment is not preset up, it's random. Any environment the user are um, looking at. So we need the special hardware to do that, uh, to capture that, uh, for example, or using other techniques to help the tracking. Uh, another challenge, uh, and so this, this hardware will add a size, power consumption to a mobile device. Uh, another challenge is calculation. Um, when we have, if we have the depth data and other data comes in, there's a huge amount of data and algorithms also tend to run slow if the data, amount of data features are large, becomes dense. Uh, we solving that by having a, a de dedicated CPU, GPU, for computer vision, we don't use the phone's internal CPU and CPU. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you about um, latency a little bit because that is going to be you know that's that's a huge thing to, to 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 tackle, and also it's hugely important for the user because if there's if if the experience is is really jagged and jittery and juddery and all those other J words, the, um, th then you you lose you lose a customer and. You know, something like the Crescent Bay is somewhere around 10 to 20 milliseconds uh, of latency. You know, what are you aiming for? What are you getting right now in terms of latency? And, and, and you know, what are you what are you doing to, to lower the latency, especially on a mobile experience where you have so many other, you know, where you have to worry about all, all these phones coming out? You know, what are you what are you what are you doing? Sorry for the long question. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, that's a good question. So for latency, we can divide it into two parts for mobile system. Um, one latency is rotation latency. One latency is position tracking latency. Uh, because on a desktop system like uh, Oculus Rift, um, it is easy to uh, get both combined with the same latency number. But for mobile system, because of the limited uh, computation power on computer vision, um, also because of the random environment, the position tracking plus rotation tracking is based on the fusion of uh, the MEM sensor, IMU sensor, and camera system. Um, so we can still get the same low latency rotation calculation. So three degree of head rotation data, still um, very similar to what Crescent Bay can get. The IMU is running at higher than 1,000 hertz. Uh, but for position tracking, the camera system, uh, right now we are running it at 60 frames per second, and we aim to make it 
120, but still the latency will be higher than the uh, IMU part. So on the mobile system, I expect the position tracking, like moving left and right, front and back, will have a little bit higher jitter and uh, higher latency than the quest-based system. But the rotation should be really responsive. So the rotation handles most of the immersive feeling when people right, rotate head left and right. If that lags, immediately the immersive feeling will break down. So the good thing is on mobile system, we can have the same latency for rotation. Uh, but for translation, it will be um, uh, not as good as the rotation part. But we're aiming to have below 30 millisecond uh, latency for that part. Interesting. Now, um, the next question, and I'm sorry if I interrupted, were you were you about to say something? Uh -huh. And uh, uh, for us, we think um, the desktop wired VR system for high-end gaming is more like a home theater or hi-fi system mm -hmm. at home. People have the optimal um, immersion like in sound, very realistic and natural. And a mobile VR system is more like a Walkman or iPod. It's very convenient and very uh, blending in with people's life. But for the sound quality, maybe not as good as the hi-fi system. Now, uh, the next question that I was, uh, the next arena uh, where I'm, uh, I'd like to go in is the arena of content. Uh, you know, how, uh, you know, the, the, the VR race on all fronts, console, PC, mobile, um, it's more or less about uh, having the content that will compel people to come back um, and the hardware that justifies it, you know. And so, for example, Valve and Oculus, they're going to be, uh, a lot of what people are hinging on is whether there's going to be a Portal 3 or Half-Life 3 and, and or, or what Oculus has under the sleeve in terms of content. And so in that same vein, when you, you're, you're sort of competing and you're sort of on this race for, you know, the hearts and minds of people that want to adopt virtual, uh, mobile virtual reality and virtual augmented reality, what are you doing in terms of content? What are you, um, you know, what are some of your strengths and weaknesses in terms of that front? And are you still there? Yeah, I'm still okay. thinking sorry. a little bit. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh -huh. It's a very good question. Um, also, so for right now, yes, we, we see the hardware segmentations. There are several different systems. Um, even for the PC, we see several different systems like uh, Valve and versus Oculus Rift. And we have other platforms. Uh, one is console. One mm -hmm. is mobile. And I think right now is a good time to have uh, like open VR, uh, kind of like open standard, uh, to reduce developers' burden. Uh, because on the long run, there will be might to might have even more segmentations. Um, for example, uh, there are uh, chip makers making dedicated silicons for uh, virtual reality that will make the porting even harder. So I think right now is a good time to have uh, one thing is to have uh, open VR standard. And for, for us, for Impression Pi, right now, we are compatible with all the existing Google Cardboard 
VR applications ready to run. Um, and for Oculus Rift mobile SDK based apps, we also love to having them to run our device. Hmm. Um, so we are working on that as well. I, I, and for us, we what we provide is a thing plugin, like very easy to use plugin in Unity. Using our plugin, just modify your uh, existing Google Cardboard application, then you suddenly have the hand tracking ability, VR, AR ability, and head position tracking. Um, and the, for the content, don't forget, um, there are several different kinds of content. Yeah. One is active, uh, high quality, like class AAA uh, games, act, uh, action games. Uh, another type is more laid back, more um, for experience kind of applications. And the, another type is more uh, in vertical segments, like uh, for um, showing a product or for education or uh, training. I think it's also very important to uh, expand VR to those vertical segments, not only for gaming. Exactly. I think you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, and another thing that you, you, yeah, I feel like you hit the nail on the head with was when you, the whole open standard thing. I think, um, I think that's why I'm, I'm very excited and, and, and hopeful for the possibilities of open source virtual reality on the web, you know, with through web VR. Um, and, and I wonder whether, is that something that, a route that you guys plan on uh, exploring or part or, or collaborating with, with Mozilla and Moz VR or the Google Chrome uh, web VR build and, and seeing if you people can navigate, use Impression Pi to, to navigate the web in virtual reality. Um, is, is that something that you guys are thinking about or exploring? Yes, that's very interesting. I have tried it. It's a very interesting idea and it works right, uh, pretty well. Um, we will definitely look into that. Uh, right, and, the, and that question also bring up, I think another application of the VR is actually having a 3D operating system. Uh, allow people to browse the web, browse information, launch different applications. The applications can be more 3D and living together. Uh, so that's something we also interested in. Actually, uh, back in 2003, uh, I had my uh, first uh, startup called uh, Infinite 3D. It is it was building a 3D OS, uh, and the first product is called the Cube. It is a 3D immersive VR interface um, runs on Windows. It turns Windows existing 2D UI into a 3D 360. Uh, degree uh, look around space. User can put their applications anywhere, rearrange their data to make the workflow day to day work with the computer more immersive and more efficient. Hmm. Yeah, and with the impression pie, we also interested into looking into this area. Awesome! Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, and, and I'm, I, I'm I'm rooting on you for 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 that. Um, the next couple of things that I'm, I'm really curious about are, are timing and price. Um, can you talk a bit more about your release date um, and also about the price of Impression Fire? You know, what are you, um, you know, what, what, what will that look like? Sure. Um, the Impression Pie was on Kickstarter. Um, so the Kickstarter uh, and May 6, 2015. Uh, and the, the release date for our Kickstarter backers will be the holiday season of 
2015. That will be our first small batch release, only to our backers. And to general public, we expect sometime in early 2016. And what about the price? Oh, right. Uh, we have different offerings. We offer our core vision module, that is the circuit board plus computer vision algorithms. Uh, people can use it to connect to their own existing VR headsets like uh, Oculus Rift or Google Cardboard type headsets to have all the capabilities impression Pi had, like uh, hand tracking, head position tracking, and augmented reality. So this package, the price, I think it's about 180 US dollars. And the next level is called the impression, uh, it's called the empower pack. Hmm. Uh, that is, already have the uh, core vision module embedded into a VR headset, allow users to insert its own mobile device, uh, like Android phone or iOS phone, into the headset becomes a VR headset. And the, uh, this package, the price is about $270. And the third pack is user doesn't need to have uh, insert his own cell phone. There's already a cell phone kind of system built in. Uh, so it's fully uh, all-in-one device. This device is uh, it's about $350. Nice. What about the resolution of the screen on this $350 device? What will that be? Right, we are, right now we are in a stage still working out the, um, the phone module inside this headset, uh, it will be at least full HD. We are aiming for 2K resolution. Hmm. Very cool. Um, so just bringing, starting to bring things down to a close, you know, just you're trying to just circle in on, on a bit more about yourself. You know, why are you working in virtual slash augmented reality? Why is this work important to you? This is just my uh, long-term interest. Uh, so since, well, um, I studied, uh, uh, so I uh, studied a PhD in space physics um, since 1999. Uh, so at the spare time, I started to get very interested into 3D graphics and uh, user interaction. So in year 2002, I started uh, uh, the idea of having 3D operating system uh, in a VR environment. Uh, so as I said before, I created my first uh, startup in 2003 and then released a beta software in 2004, turns a Windows UI into a 3D immersive uh, workspace. So after then, I continue to work in this area, 3D interface, 3D interaction, and the virtual reality. I worked for several uh, companies in the Silicon Valley, um, including Panasonic uh, Silicon Valley Labs in Cupertino. Uh, so I've created uh, one of the first 3D uh, immersive interface for 3D TV and the 3D controller. Also, uh, like cave, like multi-wall VR system, and a tabletop holographic VR system. So yeah, since. 2002, I was, uh, my interest is always in the virtual reality area. So my vision, um, my dream is to make the digital world 
as natural, realistic, and interactive as the real world. And the the goal is to benefit people to have to let our human beings to have uh, superpowers to interact with digital information more efficiently, uh, more naturally, and more enjoyable. Yeah, that's really cool. That um that point about in empower allowing people to have superpowers through technology. I mean that that's what um that's what a, one of the reasons why I'm 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 really excited about Impression Pie is because in a way I feel like what you're creating is an extension of the human brain. Um just just like like a a, a, a you know a um the prede the predecessor to the thinking cap of 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 the future that people used to think about um because this computer vision module that you have uh could be used for far more than just gaming and and things like that you know uh, I, I think you, you and i'd like to know what you what what that vision is because I, I we we did have a conversation earlier about this and i'm i was and it really you know got me excited about impression pie um you know and, and so you know what is it that when you think about allowing people to have superpowers what is it, what does that look like Uh, I think, sure, we have already seen uh, many ideas, many uh, visions from sci-fi movies like uh, Robocop and uh, Iron Man. And and, uh, we also believe in that. Uh, We believe using the technology, we can empower people. Uh, For example, people can have uh, supervision abilities. Because of the more law, the, the price, and also the power of computer vision chips, the imaging sensors, can one day go beyond the capability of our human biological eyes. Uh, right now, it can already like see very bright or uh, very dark uh, and see has higher resolution than eyes. Also, it can operate in other uh, vision bands, can operate in like infrared. Uh, another way is to have microphone arrays to uh, enhance people's uh, hearing, I can then I can hear uh, some objects really far away, uh, either um, like uh, for diagnose things or just for enjoyment to listen to the birds, uh, my cat. Um, and with the hand gesture recognition, uh, a new way, uh, other new ways of input methods, not only hand tracking, right? we can really extend how people can interact with information that also part of the superpower we can give to the user yeah definitely you know a pair that with deep learning and artificial intelligence and you have something insane and out of the future that will i don't know i I, in my mind in uh yes definitely yeah it's definitely going to uh, yeah when i say that this might change human (laughs) like mankind like is that crazy to think about <laughs> you know when, when when i think about all these technologies converging um into into one device augmented reality virtual reality uh computer vision you know uh, uh deep learning and artificial intelligence along with you know microphone arrays and eye tracking hand tracking is that you know is is is, is, is are we witnessing the birth of something really big here what do you what do you think or or is it too early to talk about this i think um 
Yeah, from my understanding, there can, there are two things happening right now. Uh, one thing happening is the computer, uh, the cloud computing, uh, deep learning, the computer getting smarter and uh, smarter, getting more powerful. It's helping us, um, uh, but it's getting really more powerful. Um, another part is the computer also helps us help human to uh, make us more powerful. So we think, see the two things happening at the same time, and they kind of uh, benefit each other. That's my view. Hmm. Dr. Yuefe, you have been a scholar and gentleman of the proto-metaverse. How can people stay in touch? How can people follow what you're up to and all that good stuff? Okay, so, um, yeah, um, you can reach me at from my uh, email account, uh, yfei at usense.com, and you can also follow my Facebook and our product, Impression Pies, Facebook, Twitter, uh, LinkedIn account. Sweet. And all that information will be added in the show notes. Uh, once again, uh, Dr. Fei, it's been a pleasure. Thanks so much for your time. Yeah, thank you. It's my pleasure.